You are listening to the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast, where we discuss how to find ultimate intimacy in your relationship. We believe that no matter how many years you've been married, you can achieve passion, romance, happiness, and ultimate intimacy at any stage of your life. Join us as we talk to not only marriage experts, but couples just like yourself and people who are just flat out fun. The Ultimate Intimacy Podcast is for couples who have a good relationship but want to make it even better. So hi and welcome to the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast. We are your hosts, Nick and Amy. And we have such an exciting guest on today. We're so excited for the topic because it kind of draws near to Amy's and I's heart about things that we've experienced in our marriage and struggles and and, and different things that we've gone through. But before we introduce our guest, um, the topic we're going to discuss today is how debt and finances impact intimacy. And just, again, before we get started, I think a lot of times we think um, it's the debt and the finances or the the struggles or, or, or lack of money that really affects um, you know emotional and physical intimacy. But a lot of times... People that have a lot of money and are very successful also deal with financial uh, intimacy issues. And, you know, we've seen that in our lives where there's marriages that are destroyed and it has nothing to do with that they're not making enough money or they have a lot of debt. So so this this topic goes hand in hand for people that have a lot of money or make a lot of money and don't have debt. But also for the people that are, you know, dealing with debt or have financial mm-hmm. issues as well. So I just, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to point that out because it just called financial issues can be anything caused by, you know, financial problems, right? Whether good or bad. So yeah. Um, so welcome Andy. So yeah, we Thank have Andy, much. Andy Hill from uh, the marriage kids and money podcast. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Andy. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Nick and Amy. I'm happy to be here. Your podcast is perfect because marriage, kids, and money, which is the three things that can really affect your marriage. Absolutely. When people ask me about it, I always say, well, these are the three things that are on my mind all the time, so I might as well have made a show about it. Yes, it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and let the the audience get to know uh, you a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm the host of uh, Marriage, Kids, and Money. It's a podcast uh, that helps young families build wealth and happiness. I am the... uh, proud husband of Nicole and uh, father to Zoe and Calvin. So uh, it's all about uh, it's all about the relationship I have with those three important people in my life. And I guess just how to make it great, how to maximize it, how to grow it. And then what I do is just I, I talk to a lot of other people about the same mission. So I'm happy to be talking to you all about that today as well. Well, and you really help people with their financial, I guess, struggles or or how to make good financial decisions in their life to get to a good, happy place in their marriage, which, which is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And a big part of that is having those upfront conversations. Nick, I think you made a really good point. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It matters about the communication, I believe, that you have with your partner, your spouse, and if you guys are moving in the same direction together. And if you're not, uh, it doesn't matter how much is coming in, right? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, we have friends that have more money than they know what to do with, but their marriage is kind of a mess because they don't know how to communicate it or they don't have the same goals. Absolutely. Yep. 
Yeah, so why do you, I mean, why do you think debt and finance have such a big impact on, on you know, physical and emotional intimacy? I, again, Amy and I have seen the dramatic effect in our marriage for the bad and, and obviously had to get through a lot of things. Um, but, you know, a lot of times we don't understand, always understand why it has such a, a negative impact. Yeah, I, I think the thing about money is that a lot of people just think it's facts and figures, right? If I, if I know how much is coming in, I'm going to be fine. But really, there's so much emotion tied up with our money, whether it is our own personal goals and aspirations in life or the way we were raised in our families about yeah. how money really impacted us. So I, one person might have grown up in a family where where money was very scarce and you know they have this savers mindset they got to hold on to it they got to make sure that they have enough so they never feel that pain that maybe their parents felt as they were growing up or somebody might have grown up in a family where hey we're living for today and we got to enjoy every moment we have every cent that's coming in and if you get two of those folks together in a relationship there's definitely got to be some communication to figure yep. out sure. how your collective goals can come together to be harmonious for the family that you now have. So it all depends on what your motivations are and how you were raised, I believe. I love I love that you just said that because Amy and I have that discussion all the time. <laughs> we were both raised differently, which which is okay, but we've had to learn how do we come together for our finances. Amy was raised in a home where her dad was the harder you work, the more money you'll make. And so he had two or three jobs and was never home and just worked all the time. And I was raised in a family of more like entrepreneurs. And so um, I was like, okay, I never, we never, I was raised, don't ever work, work for someone else, work for yourself, which, so we, we have, you know, different outlooks on number one, how to make money. And one of them's a, a safer way, which, you know, is a little more, I guess, less risky. And the other, the other one has big ups and ups and downs. So we've seen that in our marriage, just mm -hmm. in, in the approach to, you know, working and finances. But then, you know, like you said, just also on how to spend money, you know, one is one of us a saver is, is one of us a spender and how to balance and juggle those things as well. Even, even if your finances are in a good place, that can cause serious issues. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think the, the intersection to all those things, because I'm in a similar relationship as, as you all, you know, we all, my wife and I have a very different background as well. And our motivations are a little different. I think the main intersection for couples like us is that moment to have communication. And if that communication is lacking, whether that's a meeting once a month uh, to talk about your yeah. financial goals or just your goals as a couple in general or once a week, whatever whatever is the right amount for you, that needs to happen, I feel like. Because without the communication, you'll both drift off on your own paths of what you think is right. Yeah. <laughs> and you might get stuck in your ways. And, you know, with those thoughts in your mind, you might think the other one's crazy. And they, why are they doing it like this? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, with that with that script continuing to repeat in your brain – it'll only fester and get, get worse over time. I'm, I'm saying this from experience personally. Yeah. Um, so when Nicole and I don't have that communication, we don't take that time to actually speak with each other, that's when things get worse. Um, but when we do, when we're, when, we're, when we're doing the, you know, sometimes people might think it's boring to get together once a month to talk about your budget or your plan or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's, it's as boring as an, and as important as brushing your teeth. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you gotta do it uh, because otherwise the, the pain down the road is gonna be a lot lot worse. So 
for Nicole and I, we set up a once a month budget party meeting. I called it budget party because she had no interest in showing up to the meeting whatsoever. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I'll put a little marketing I'm make spin this on fun. it and yeah. uh, maybe she'll show up. So I brought some wine and some pizza. We just kind of make a little little fun. She saw right through my marketing gimmick, but 10 years later, she's still showing up for the meeting. But what we did during those meetings is you know we talk about what what we spent last month what we're spending what we're, what our plans are for the next month and how those align with our goals we review those goals hey are we moving towards the type of family life we want you know at certain points she was working at a job that she really didn't like and i had a goal of sort of building our wealth to give us you know a better tomorrow and that's where our goals sort of align together i'm like okay yeah. well hey if we can work together to eliminate some of our debt that we have you can go part-time at the job you're not really digging. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's kind of cool. That's a, that's a way for us to partner together. So when I was able to see her emotional goals meet up with my financial nerdy goals, that's when we've, that's when we've hit it off. <laughs> I, love what you're, I love what you're saying. And for those out that listen to our podcast on a regular basis, you're seeing a theme here. We didn't, we didn't talk to Andy about this before the mm. podcast, but one of the things Amy and I hit on every single podcast pretty much is communication. And if the communication's there, almost any problem can be solved. I think just from past experience, and Amy can share her thoughts, but from past experience, I know that money is sometimes a really hard thing to talk about, especially when you're kind of struggling and the communication seems to go away. It's just like, oh, it's just better if we don't talk about this because it causes an argument or what have you. But you, to those listening, you've heard Andy continue to say communication several times. And even if you have a different outlook on money or you've been raised differently, I think most married couples, their end goal is probably the same. You know, they want to be financially free and and have that money and and accomplish certain goals. So sitting down and communicating, like Andy said, even if you have different experiences in life, uh, sitting down and communicating and saying, how do we, we both have the same goal. How do we you know, work together to accomplish that same goal that we have and, and communicating about it can really solve a lot of those financial issues, which again, I'll be the first to admit, I think Amy and I early on in our marriage didn't do that. So we had to learn the hard way, right? <laughs> I'm just laughing because our entire trials in our marriage have 100% been because of money, because never one of how we were raised but number two, because money can money and goals can also become an addiction to one of the spouses. And it can become an addiction so bad that the other spouse stops listening to the other spouse, which is kind of what happened. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. No, throw me under the bus. No, Let's I'm, do I'm it. not going to do that because we've moved on and we've learned from our mistakes. But the thing that, that men need to realize, and sometimes it's vice versa in the relationship, is that... When a woman doesn't have that financial security, and not even security, but feeling that you are working in the same direction, or that financial stress, and it's, and and maybe it's the situation where she has to start supporting the family, which was in our case, um, when when it's not balanced and things aren't being discussed like that, and the stress really kicks into your marriage, the intimacy and the affection and whether it's emotional intimacy or the physical intimacy and especially the sexual intimacy, that all gets pushed to the back burner yeah. when stress takes over with finances. Yeah, and when that gets pushed to the back burner, everything else continues to suffer and maybe go in a downward spiral. It does go in a downward spiral, spiral really fast. Yeah. So 
it, the important thing is not just communicating, but it's communicating and listening, <laughs> you know? So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I do that quite often. That's a mistake that I do sometimes where I'm uh, excited about the ability for us to sit down and communicate, but I'm just getting ready for my next thing to say, as opposed to actually hearing what my wife mm -hmm. is, is, is actually communicating to me. Uh, and having that ability to empathize with her situation is honestly a superpower that I'm still trying to wield uh, and learn <laughs> that when somebody's speaking, especially somebody you love dearly, you want to make sure you're really hearing them and, and empathizing with that. Like mm -hmm. what, what, yes, I don't, maybe I don't agree with her opinion of the situation, but man, I have to think more about her background and her wants and her needs and what she's been through for the past five, 10 years, whatever, however long it's been and approach the next choice, the next decision, the next words out of my mouth with that empathy in mind. Yeah, for sure. Well, again, we know that I would say this is something probably most couples deal with, whether the good or the bad or whatever, I think financial uh, decisions or, or debt or different financial issues, I guess you could say, or something that almost everyone deal with. So when you're talking to couples, what um, about their financial issues or goals or, or what are the steps or the best ways you feel that need to be taken for couples to kind of turn things around? You've kind of already hit on communication, which obviously is the number one thing to start having those discussions. What other steps do you feel couples need to take to, to get on track to t kind of turn things around? Yeah, I would I would drill into that communication even further. So whether that is specifically throwing something on the calendar to say, hey, we're going to meet at this time to talk about this. It's very important to me. It may be even a mini meeting before the meeting where you mm -hmm. sit down and say, hey, I, I only need one minute of your time. I would really like for us to sit down for an hour uh, in a in a you know, a week or however long to talk about this. It's very important to me. It's important to our relationship. It's yeah. important to we'll call it our physical intimacy, call it whatever is important to you that you may know that's also important yeah. to the other party as well uh, to get them to show up. Uh, and then once that's set, take that time. You don't have to dive into the numbers, especially if that's going to make you fight right off, right off the bat. Dive into your goals. Dive into the things that are important to you. And better yet, Start with the goals that are important to your spouse. Yeah, tell me like tell me what's important to you. Where do you see our relationship going in the next 10 years? What would be an incredible victory for our relationship over the next year, over the next five years? You know, what is something that you always wished for in your life that you don't have right now that you don't see in your life? And with those big questions, those big questions come opportunities for you to be the hero or for your spouse to be the hero and you guys be the hero together. You come together on those goals and it's not just listening to your spouse's goals. You also share your goals as well. Some of them are going to align and some of them aren't going to align. Find the, find the ones that do. Find the ones that do come together and say, hey, at least this is where we can come together and work together on a collective goal and see some victory together. Because with that victory, that becomes addicting. That becomes, hey, actually, this uh, this budget meeting's not that bad. You That's know, right. we're, we're, we're working on things together. We're hitting these big milestones and I'm feeling more secure in our relationship or I'm feeling that partnership. I'm feeling that financial partnership. 
so I always always start with conversation, you know, conversation around big goals, big questions about where you want to go with your relationship. And then, yeah, you get into the nitty gritty from there. You know, you write down your numbers, what's coming in and what's going out. Everybody knows what they make, right? Yeah, you should. I know what I make, but we don't know what we spend. Like if you ask the typical person, for sure, you know, how much do you spend each month or how much do you spend each year? A lot of them would raise their hands and say, I don't know, but a lot of people know what they've got coming in. I think it's it's my salary. Mm -hmm. I believe it's more important to know what's going out than it is what's coming in. Because you can make a million dollars a year. If you spend 1.1, you are not building wealth for your family. You are still in debt. You are, you know, driving yourself further into the hole. So what we put in our budget aligns with our priorities. So now that you've had those conversations with your spouse about what those big goals are, where you want your family to go, make sure your spending is aligned with those goals. If if you guys talk about, hey, man, I really want to be able to go on a family vacation every year because I think that's going to be a great bonding moment for us. And that's just something we don't have in our plans or in our, our budget right now. How can we do that? Well, if we work together to eliminate this credit card debt over the next six months, we're going to have enough money to go on that vacation every month. That's great. That's a collective goal we can both get behind, both enjoying today and creating more financial security as well. So I think by deciding what those big collective goals are together and then looking at the numbers to make sure you're aligning your spending or your plans with those goals, that's when you can start to create some real financial partnership. I, I love some keys that you hit on. Um, you talked about several times of doing this together. So many times in an argument, it's the fight is against your spouse and you're, you're going back and forth when the problem's up here. It's something totally different. So, so instead of, you know, like you said, working together and saying, hey, the problem is the financial issue. Let's work together to resolve this issue rather than fighting each other, thinking that each other is the issue. And I think a lot of couples, whether it's finances or anything, are focused on, you know, fighting each other or thinking that they have to resolve that issue where really the issue is up here. So, you know, I love how you said work together as a team to resolve the the financial issues. And like you said, everything might not be aligned perfectly, but I think if you're in sync on a lot of different things and your your goals, at least your long-term goals are or aligning, you're, you're probably going to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And I liked what you said about, you know, how often you have your meetings. Um, I think that was our biggest problem. Like I wish we would have gotten For help sure. sooner. We got to a point where I'm like, you're so stubborn. You just don't want to work for someone. You won't get a job. I'm going to have to deal with this. And we kind of got to a point where we kind of like quit talking about it. Because it was a bad, bad... It was a bad deal. We were in a bad situation. And he wasn't going to quit until the end goal because it was going to be huge. And that's that's the problem that we had is we stopped... I finally quit nagging about it. Do you know what I mean? And if we would have had goals set up when we first got married that we're having a monthly budget meeting or whether it's every couple months or six months, like whatever that was, if we would have stuck to something like that and really made that a goal, even 10 years into marriage or whatever, if we would have like made that direction of that goal. I think that would have saved a lot. Would have solved a lot of things. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you, we have to learn by Mistake. mistakes. <laughs> and, and unfortunately sure. we did, which, which I think has made us stronger in the long run. But yeah, it was really difficult and tough to go through. And I, I certainly bear uh, the blame for that and, and not, and not communicating but as there's, well. But there's a lot of couples that are going through this. Yeah, for sure. A Absolutely. lot of couples. You know. And, and, it, and we're in a different generation now where, 
you know, I we grew up, my mom cooked dinner, cleaned the house, my dad earned all the money. And I went into marriage not really knowing what was happening. I had a degree, like I knew I could work. I'm a hardworking person. But to know that in year 10, I was gonna take all the financial responsibility for six of us, like I never expected that. And so there was a lot of resentment, like, well, my mom didn't have to do that. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So having those conversations about your past and 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 we're in a different generation now. It's yeah. a lot of women are working and having better careers than the husband. And I actually did a poll on our social media to find out if finances were affecting their intimacy and marriage. And 65% said it was negatively impacting yeah. their marriage, which yeah. is really sad. This is a really important topic and people need help. But like I said, yeah, yeah it's just all about communicating and and talking about it and and knowing yeah. knowing that things are different nowadays in 2021 you know well one of the other things you you brought up and mentioned is the prioritizing the important things and also budgeting and laying everything out in front of you like you said most people probably don't know how much money is going out why do you think it's so important to sit down and maybe this sounds like a dumb question but a lot of again a lot of people don't do it why is it so important to sit down and really understand what your finances and budget looks like. Yeah, I would say that the the word budget has a bad rap. It feels yeah. like constriction or a lack. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's got to take something away from me. But I like to sell it and tell everybody out there that it's really the opposite. It is a permission to spend and allocate money according to your values. Yeah. So if your values it. are, hey, we prioritize uh, whatever, our, our kids' happiness in this, in this time of our lives. We want to make sure we have enough money so our kids are playing soccer or doing dance or whatever. That's got to be in there. Or, hey, we need some more money for us, man. We need some more money for connection and fun and date nights. That's got to be in there. So this is permission to, I guess, approve your values, approve your goals. So I, I guess my I first answer to your, your question is, Flip the script on the on the feeling of what a budget might feel like. Sometimes when I bring that up, people say, oh, I don't want to live on a budget. That sounds like I got no money or I'm feeling restricted. No, this is just a plan for your life. It's it's a spending plan. Call it a spending plan if you'd like. But I mean, any successful business, if you were out there and you're saying, hey, uh, how's your business going? How's your successful business? All of them have a plan for their money. All of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And without a plan for your money, your business will fail. As we know, lots of businesses fail within the first three years. So we would hate that same plan for our uh, for our marriages to fail as well. So we need a plan for the money coming in so they make sure our, our values are being hit on, for sure. I love your approach and your outlook mm-hmm. on that because probably 99 other people would have said, yeah, budget is, oh, we need to stop spending on this and stop this. And it's a, it's a negative thing, like you said, but you just took it and turned it into a positive thing. What, and I love how you said what – where you know where do we spend on the values that we have or the mm-hmm. things that we have and, and that's so true that's a great way to look at it and, and, and what are we spending on that we don't care about that may, maybe is like oh wow there's a recurring subscription on here that i don't even i don't even use that anymore and, and that's taking away from our ability to go on a date night together yeah well, okay, let's get rid of that Let, what do we both do we both agree yeah, let's get rid of that so sometimes mm-hmm. just looking at your numbers you can be like wow what am i wasting my money on or you know are there other opportunities to bring more money in so i mean it's just that it's that ability to control your money once you control your money you're in control of your life instead of your money controlling you because sometimes that's really how it feels it's so true 
So true. I love that. We definitely <laughs> felt like that in our marriage for sure. Yeah, I think that we've learned. <laughs> yeah, we, we're to the yeah. point now where we're like, no more, you know. Well, and it's it's so true. When you're in a good place financially, life is just completely different. Your your marriage is better. Your connection is better. Your fam, everything just seems to be so much better. And it doesn't mean that you have to be making a bunch of money. It's just when you're in a good financial situation where you're both on the same page and you can cover your expenses, and you know, it it just is such a better flow. And, Absolutely. And I love that you put date night in there because so many couples, like when we throw out polls, like how often are you doing it or whatever, they're not doing it enough. They're not doing it weekly. They're not even, a lot of them are not even doing it monthly. You can yeah. always, always find somewhere in your finances to pull back and add to your date night. Sure, and I, I love to talk about date night too because it doesn't always have to be this three hundred dollar mm-hmm. dinner with sitters or whatever. You, your date night could be a walk. Your date night could be coffee on the back porch. Your yeah. date night could be something that doesn't have to cost mm-hmm. a lot of money. So if, if if the finances become the the reason for you to not do date night, there are thousands yeah. of ways to do a date night or a date day, whatever's most convenient for you. It doesn't always have to be the you know the typical boring dinner where you go there and you say, "How was your work week?" It's like it, get inventive, you know, do something yeah. a little different, do something adventurous, do something that uh, doesn't break the bank. I mean, if that's the reason that's holding you back. Don't let it be. Yeah, love that. Because there is, there's so many ways to, the, the key is to be together and to be talking. Yes. So um, you, you hit a little bit on this and, and uh, why, why is it so important for couples to be on the same page when it comes to discussing finances? I mean, we hit on this a little bit. But, but, but what happens, I mean, you can say over and over, get on the same page, get on the same page, communicate about this. What Um, if a couple, one of them doesn't want to communicate it or one of them does have like a spending addiction or like, what if they're not on the same page? Like, how do you advise couples? They're stuck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I would say uh, a couple of things. So you could try the approach that we talked about already. Hey, this is very important to me. I would love for you to sit down with me. Please let me know a time and date that works best for you. Be accommodating. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe they've got a very busy schedule and they just can't seem to fit it in, but let them know how important it is for you. If that doesn't work, uh, you can definitely seek out a third party to help you with that process. Nicole and I did that. We had some trouble talking about money maybe now three, four years ago. I had some hard charging goals that I was was gonna see happen and that really conflicted with her goals uh, as a stay-at-home mom to have a little bit more breathing room in her life to enjoy life. And we just could not see eye to eye. So uh, Nicole's idea was for us to meet with a marriage counselor. And at that point, my, my thoughts were like, man, I, I have really failed. I've really failed my marriage. I failed my wife. I, I'm not doing a good job. Uh, and going to marriage counseling feels like, feels like failure. After our first visit with our marriage counselor, I completely changed my mind. Mm. This is somebody who is going to help us communicate better. It is the same thing as a physical trainer, right? You want to get more healthy and you can't seem to figure it out on your own. It's okay. Get a coach. Get a third-party coach to help you along. And that's exactly what Jillian did for us. She was our third party for six to nine months, I believe it was. And man, did we come out stronger as a couple Uh, Both our communication skills, my ability to empathize, our ability to find common ground. It was beautiful. We both didn't relent on the things that we both were interested in. We just found a way for us to find it 
uh, that worked for both of us. So I feel like sometimes it is okay to reach out for some help, Mm -hmm. whether that's a financial coach, if it's a marriage therapist, there's even financial therapists now, somewhere in the middle. (laughs) You You can find a great person to help you out in your situation and find the find the right person to help you communicate better. I love that you're saying that. Yeah. I think that was Me the too. biggest regret in our last 19 years is that when we kind of hit rock bottom, like we weren't communicating about it, it was affecting all other areas. Like we were both too stubborn to realize that we needed a, a third help, person yeah. and that we needed help. I think that if we wouldn't have been so stubborn, I think like the mindset that you said, if you feel like it's because your marriage is a failure or whatever. Like, I didn't want to accept that, so we just tried to keep doing it ourselves. But I think that would have saved us a lot of heartache in years. Yeah, now I've learned, you know, too, that I actually want to go find help or people like yourself or what have you to that that have seen what people have gone through that have gone through it themselves mm-hmm. that we can really tap into and get that advice because there really is, you know, sometimes it's like just the easy I guess, little ways to look at things differently or that can make huge changes in our life. I mean, we've, we've heard stories of people, um, you know, that have really been struggling financially and go and get a little bit of help. And then all of a sudden, you know, they become debt free and their lives completely change mm-hmm. by implementing some proper strategies. And so why, you know, as couples, why would we not want to go out and get that help from someone who has that expertise to, to help change aspects in our life, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of stigma out there around it, unfortunately, and that's that's just been over time, over our history. Hey, if you need yeah. to go get help, you're weak. It's like yeah. that is just so old school, and I will not have it anymore. Yeah. I'm out there to let people know that, hey, if you need help, get help. Yeah. That is – people make their living out there trying to help you get to the next level, help your marriage get to the next level. Take advantage of that. These are professionals that see these typical issues time and time again, and they know sometimes they have quick solutions for it. You know, a lot of it is just looking into your background and learning where you come from and realizing there's nothing wrong with your approach. It is how you are raised. It is how you have your family's values and finding ways to, you know, come together with your spouse. uh, It becomes beautiful based on those conversations you're able to have with a third party coach. Well, isn't it interesting too, that we are, have no issue sending our money to an accountant to do our finances, (laughs) or we have no problem sending our kids to their school teachers. We have no problem reaching out, you know, to people that are, but in that category, it's like, wait, we don't need help. You know what? I, I love what you're saying because maybe it's an ego thing. It's your mechanic. Are you going to lift your car up and change your own engine? It's like, no, that's dangerous. Yeah. Marriage doesn't come with a playbook. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) No, I love that. Well, we are the ultimate intimacy app. We focus on intimacy. And I think it's just super important for people to realize that when your financial communication is not going well, it is going to affect your sex life, um, physical touch, just everything in your marriage is going to be affected by that. And that's why all these little aspects of financial intimacy is big for a marriage. And I know that in our marriage, it was like, huge. it was huge. Yeah. Well, and even your poll, even the poll mm-hmm. we just did said what 65% of people say it's affecting their emotional, and physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so it obviously is a, is a big problem where m- well more than half of people it's having a great impact on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's something that is, is very much needed. Um, I love that you're you're doing coaching on finances, right? That's right. Yes, that's what you do. Coaching. Yeah. Yep. So, um, 
I don't know. I'm excited to talk to you on another level, not on the podcast, but about finances and investing and uh, tell our followers how they can find you. I love watching your videos. His Instagram feed is super fun, his videos. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's important to know how to invest and, and making all those big decisions together. And I wish that I wish there were more financial classes like in college and when you're first married yeah. that you could take and learn together because if I would have been putting so much money and I've learned this from your feed, but putting so much money from the day we got married almost 20 years ago into retirement accounts that I, we knew nothing about, but here we are in our forties now and it's like, well, crap, you know, it's so important to learn. Even right now, I know that we can start like right now doing a better job investing in different places and stuff. But I love what you're doing to help people learn those basics. If they don't know anything about it, they can come to you and learn things. So just tell us, like, tell our followers where to find you and how to get a hold of yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, just just like marriage counseling uh, being a taboo, sometimes money is a taboo as well. And I'm, I'm here to dispel that as well as as, uh, mm-hmm. as Amy's talking about. So yeah, you can follow me at uh, marriagekidsandmoney.com. It's the best place to get a hold of all our information. If you are listening to this podcast right now, you can just type in marriage, kids, and money. That is a podcast right there on your favorite podcast player. And Instagram, if you're an Instagrammer, you can just hit me up, uh, Andy Hill MKM. That's my, that's my handle there. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. We absolutely loved having you on and uh, hope to be able to visit with you again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, Nick and Amy. I really appreciate it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Ultimate Intimacy. If you haven't downloaded the free app in the app stores, what are you waiting for? The app has hundreds of resources, conversation starters, products, positions, bedroom games, and so much more. Plus, check out our brand new physical products for the perfect anniversary gifts, wedding gifts, or just a gift to your spouse for no reason at all. You will love them. We have five card deck boxes, a bedroom game, intimacy game, 150 date ideas, truth or dare intimacy game, 80 romantic and sexy coupons, and 150 conversation starters. They come in beautiful boxes and are made to help you communicate, reconnect, and create the ultimate intimacy in your marriage. Check them out at ultimateintimacy.com.